الإمام البهاري رحمه الله begins a further point, point number 67, of the Qur'an on page 352. في بعض النسخ جل اسمه وفي بعضها تبارك وتعالى ونهى الرب جل وتعالى جل وتعالى الأنبياء عن الكلام في القدر ونهى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم عن الخصومة في القدر وكرهه أصحاب رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وكرهه التابعون وكرهه العلماء وأهل الورع ونهوا عن الجدال في القدر فعليك بالتسليم والإقرار والإيمان واعتقاد ما قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم في جملة الأشياء واسكت عما سوى ذلك الإمام البربهاري رحمه الله said and speech and argumentation and disputing about القدر about pre-decree in particular are forbidden with all of the sects because pre-decree al-qadr is Allah's secret and the Lord the majestic and most the majestic the most high in some wordings he whose name is majestic in some of the wordings some narrations the majestic and most high the exalted and most high he forbade the prophets from speech Concerning pre-decree. And the Prophet forbade argumentation about pre-decree. And it was detested by the companions of Allah's Messenger and by the Tabi'een. And it was detested by the scholars and by the people of piety. And they forbade argumentation concerning pre-decree al-Qadr. So upon you is to submit to affirm, to have iman in, and to hold as your belief whatever Allah's Messenger وسلم, said about all matters and to be silent about other than that. Shaykh al-Fawzan he said in his explanation from the fundamentals of iman, true faith and from the pillars of iman is is to have iman, to have true faith in preordainment and pre-decree and al-qadr wal-qadr preordainment and pre-decree is that Allah or having said it is that the events that will occur It is, it refers to those events that will occur that Allah has pre-decreed and pre-ordained since eternity. In whatever is going to occur, then Allah pre-decreed it, pre-ordained it since eternity. And everything which occurs, then it does not happen by chance. 
chance randomly. Everything that occurs, it doesn't happen just randomly by chance. Or without having been pre-decreed by Allah, the Majestic and Most High. Rather, Allah, the Perfect and Most High, knew whatever was, whatever has been in the past, and whatever will be in the future. Firstly, he knew it. Allah the Most High knew everything that was going to be, everything that was in the past, and whatever was going to be. Allah knew it all. Then he said, then he wrote that in Allah al-Mahfud, and he wrote that in the preserved tablet. So, أول ما خلق الله القلم قال له أكتب ما هو كائن إلى يوم القيامة فجر القلم بما هو كائن إلى يوم القيامة. He quotes the hadith. The first thing that Allah created was the pen. He said to it, write whatever is going to occur until the day of resurrection. So the pen wrote whatever was going to occur until the day of resurrection. In a footnote they mention this hadith is reported by Abu Dawood in his Sunan and by a whole list of others, Imam Ahmad, Al-Tirmidhi, and others besides. And this hadith is a side point, as it says, Sahih, authentic by Shaykh al-Rabadi, and it's a narration of the companion, Ubadi ibn al-Samit, radiallahu anhu. The Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa said, the first thing that Allah created was the pen, al-Qalam. He said to it, write whatever is going to be, until the day of resurrection. So the pen wrote whatever was going to happen until the day of resurrection. Then Shaykh al said, And the creation of the pen was before the creation of the heavens and the earth by 50,000 years. <coughs> and the throne of Allah, the majestic and most high, was upon the water. Now, that also been taken from the authentic hadith, and I mentioned in a footnote <coughs> that Muslim reported in his sahih from Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As radiallahu anhu, who said, Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Inna Allah ta'ala kataba maqadir al-khala'iq qabla an yakhluq al-samawati wal-arda fi khamsina awka sana, qal wa arshuhu kana wa arshuhu ala al-ma'a. Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Allah the Most High wrote the pre-decreed measures of all the created things 50,000 years before He created the heavens and the earth. He said, and His arsh, His throne was upon the water. <coughs> Shaykh Razan said, So here there has been a problematic point for the scholars. And this, this point so far is established, both these points of this is established in authentic hadith. But the first thing that Allah created is the pen, and the pen wrote whatever is going to occur until the day of resurrection. And likewise, that, that was 50,000 years before He created the heavens and the earth. And likewise, that His throne was upon the water. Then, however, Shaykh Abazan, he mentions, 
So here there has been a problematic point for the scholars. Was the Arsh, was the throne created before the pen? Or was the pen created before the Arsh, before the throne? Scholars mention which was created first. They were both, both there, both created, but which was created first? He said, and what is correct is that the Arsh, the throne, was created before the pen. In a footnote here, they mention that this, the saying that the throne was created first, the Arsh, and then the pen was created. They say in the footnote that this is the saying of the majority of the scholars. And you can refer to the book, Bughiyatul Murtad, of Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, and likewise, Al-Bidayah wa Nihayah of Al-Hafid ibn Kabir, right at the start of Al-Bidayah wa Nihayah. And in, the, in that uh, reference, Al-Bidayah wa Nihayah, Al-Hafid ibn Kabir mentions that the saying that the pen was created first was the saying of some people, and he mentioned it was the saying of Ibn Jarir, in Ibn Jarir, a famous professor, Ibn Jarir al-Tabari, and it was the saying of and others besides them. And as for the saying that the throne was created first and then the pen, then this he mentioned is the saying of the majority of the scholars. Allah Just as a, another side point then, from those famous scholars of these days who said that the throne was created first before the pen was Sheikh Mutafimin Rahimullah. And from those scholars who said that the pen was created before the throne, then Shaykh al-Albani Then there is some difference amongst the people of the Sunnah with regard to which of those two was created first. Allah And as Shaykh al-Azhan said, he took the position, as you see, he said, and what is correct is that the throne was created before the pen. Then he explains why this is. He said, because at, that, at the time when Allah created it, the pen, and commanded it to write whatever was going to be. Then his throne was upon the water. <coughs> and this is why the Al-Allama, the great scholar, Ibn Qayyim, rahimahullah, said, and he quotes four lines of poetry from the famous poem, the famous Numiya of Ibn Qayyim. He said this is why the great scholar, Ibn Qayyim, rahimahullah, said, وَالنَّاسُ مُخْتَلِفُونَ فِي الْقَلَمِ الَّذِي كُتِبَ قضاء به من الديان هل كان قبل العرش أو هو بعده قولان إلا عدل على الهمذان والحق أن العرش كان قبل لأنه قبل الكتابة كان ذا أو كان وكتاب وكتابة القلم الشريف تأقبت إيجاده من غير فرق زمان إذن roughly translated, and the people differ with regard to the pen with which the decreed matters were written by the great recompenser, by Allah the Most High, Ad-Dayyan. Was it before the throne or after it? There are two sayings mentioned by Abu Ala al-Hamadani. And the truth is that the throne was before because it was there before the writing. Before the writing, it stood upon its supports. And the writing of the honourable pen came afterwards, 
after it was brought into existence without any time in between. Then Sheikh Hazan said, on speech with regard to free decree has already proceeded. In a general speech with regard to what we need to know with regard to free decree has already proceeded earlier on. You remember the four important points, just to summarize, the four important points that we need to know with regard to free decree is firstly that Allah the Most High knew everything that Allah the Most High knew everything that was going to be how it would be that everything was not going to be how it would be if it, w- if it were to be that Allah knew everything secondly that Allah wrote everything down that was going to happen in the preserved tablet thirdly that Allah wished whatever occurs to occur so nothing occurs except that Allah willed it to occur and fourthly that Allah created it so whatever occurs is created by Allah. There's no other creator besides Him. So Shaykh said, that's what Shaykh Hazan said, he said, and speech with regard to pre-decree has already proceeded. However, what is intended now is the prohibition of delving into it. He's trying to go deeply into pre-decree. That's what's being prohibited here. He said, he's saying, وَالْكَلَامُ وَالْجِدَارُ وَالْخُسُومَةُ فِي الْقَدَرِ and speech and argumentation and disputing with regard to qadr, pre-decree is specifically forbidden he said we already have known that iman in pre-decree and preordainment with its levels is a pillar from the pillars of iman in Allah the mighty and majestic so whoever does not believe in pre-decree and preordainment, he is not a mu'min, he is not a believer. Because he has denied a pillar from the pillars of Iman. And likewise, it is not permissible to argue about pre-decree and preordainment. To say, why will Allah punish like that? Why does Allah do such and such? As has proceeded, it cannot be said why and how so no objections no objections are to be made no queries are to, no queries are to be made with regard to Allah the perfect and most high and you are not to enter into preordainment and pre-decree with argumentation for you will not reach any natija, any result or conclusion what is upon you is to submit and to have iman and that you do not enter into any affair from the affairs of Allah. This is not made in the matter of pre-decree what Allah has pre-decreed to occur. This will not be known except by Allah the Majestic and Most High and you will not reach any results. If you try and delve into it you will not reach any results. And therefore it is said, Al-Qadaru Sirullah. Pre-decree is Allah's secret. The pre-decree is Allah's secret. In a footnote dimension, Ibn Abdul Barq said in his book Al-Istifkar, the scholars said, and the wise people from olden times said, Al-Qadaru Sirullah. They said, Pre-decree 
is Allah's secret thing. So do not look into it. Shaykh Hassan said. So Allah's secret cannot be reached and cannot be encompassed. So therefore don't try to enter into it. It is upon you to have Iman, to believe in whatever occurs in the texts of the Qur'an and the Sunnah. And that you stop at that. And that you turn your attention to performing righteous deeds and to leaving off sins and acts of disobedience. And that you do not say, if Allah has decreed that for me, or as he said, if, if, uh, you do not say, you shouldn't say this, what follows, if Allah has decreed for me that I am from the people of paradise, then I'll be from the people of paradise, even if I don't do any action. And if Allah has decreed for me that I am to be from the people of the fire, then I'll certainly be from the people of the fire. So I'll leave it at that. Like the Sheikh said, so this is false speech. Kalam al false and futile speech. You should not say the like of that. I mean, I'm not going to bother with actions. Allah has written me amongst people of paradise, I'll be, I'll be there. If he's written amongst people of the fire, there's nothing I can do about it, so likewise I'm not going to do any action, no need. She said, Kalam al false and futile speech. It should not be said. He said, So it is not permissible to enter into the like of the. He said, It's not permissible to enter into these affairs. Because this is not the business of the servants. This is Allah's affair. Your business is to act. This is what is required from you. As for entering into preordainment and pre-decree, then it is to enter into a maze, a maze or a labyrinth, from which the servant will never emerge. If you enter into that, how is this? Why has Allah pre-decreed this? And what about this? And if this that's decreed here, then that. If you do that, as soon as you enter, you enter the labyrinth or a maze, which you'll never come out of. Never reach result in the said before. He said, just a, a small side point here, Ahmad Najmi, Rahmanullah, in his explanation, he makes a point here, something that's very commonly brought by people, to bring a point here with regard to pre decree. And they say, he mentions this prohibition of going into, delving into pre decree and asking why and how and the like. He said, the intellect may, the intellect may say, Allah has decreed all the decrees of the creation and he has made some of the people people of bliss and people of paradise and some of them wretched people and people of the fire so the wretched people are therefore not able to be people of bliss and the wretched ones are people of the fire if they're not able therefore it's been decreed for them they're not able to be people of paradise <coughs> Sheikh said so at that point when the person starts thinking like that then the intellect becomes bewildered. Therefore, it is obligatory to stop, to withhold, and to have iman that Allah does not wrong anyone, He does not oppress anyone from His creation, and He does not punish anyone from them, except with the proof being established. And he quotes the ayah, قُلْ فَلِلَّهِ الْحُجَّةُ الْبَالِغَةِ فَلَوْ شَاءَ لَهَدَاكُمْ أَجْمَعِينَ 
Surah Al-An'am, the sixth Surah, Ayah 149, the explanation. And with Allah is the decisive proof. So if He had wished, He would have guided them, or He would have guided you, all of you. All of you. So it indicates uh, something that sometimes people let their intellect, they open their intellect, they open the pre-decree to their intellects and start trying to delve into it. And that's prohibited. Back to what Shaykh Bazaar, Allah, brings, he said, have I mentioned that entering into the life of these affairs, my supreme decree, it's like entering into a labyrinth, entering into a maze. You go around and around and get lost and you're stuck there, you can't get out. And he said, is saying manhiyun anhu inda jami'il firaq li'annam qadara sirullah that this is prohibited with all of the sects because the pre-decree is Allah's secret Shaykh Fazan said with all nations because pre-decree is the secret of Allah and a secret cannot be encompassed Allah the Majestic and Most High says وَلَا يُخِيْتُونَ بِشَيْءٍ مِنْ أَلْمِهِ إِلَّا بِمَا شَاءٍ Ayah of Surah Al-Baqarah Part of Ayat Al-Kursi Ayah 255 With the explanation And they cannot encompass anything from Allah's knowledge except what He wishes And of course the second ayah وَلَا يُخِيْتُونَ بِهِ أَلْمَا Surah Taha, the 20th Surah, Ayah 110, with the explanation, and they cannot encompass him, they cannot encompass Allah with their knowledge. Shaykh Razan said, Do not try to enter into the affairs of Allah, the Mighty and Majestic. Stick to your own affairs. Stick to righteous deeds and leaving off sins and performing repentance from them. Set your own record in order whilst you are still alive. Occupy yourself with yourself. But as for occupying yourself with pre-decree and preordainment, and with why did why does such and such occur? Or why did such and such happen? And why does such and such occur? And if Allah has decreed all things, then in that case I don't need to act. Hashem said, all of this is false and futile speech. Don't be doing that. Don't be, saying, don't be entertaining such thoughts and ideas. Why, is, why does such and such occur? Why do these things occur? Have I decreed everything? Then what's the point of me acting? Don't let that, don't entertain those types of thoughts. Hashem said, all of this is false and futile speech, there is no value to it. And when the companions said to the Messenger وسلم, should we not just rely upon what has been written for us? What has been decreed for us? He said, When they asked this, if things have been pre-decreed, then shouldn't we just rely upon what's been written for us? Rely upon what's been pre-decreed for us? And the Prophet said, Rather act, for everyone will have that which he was created for, 
made easy for him. Sheikh said, so Allah the Most High sent down the ayahs, and mentioned the ayahs, إِنَّ سَعِيَكُمْ مَشَتَّى فَأَمَّا مَنْ أَعْطَى وَاتَّقَى وَصَدَّكَ بِالْحُسْنَى فَسَنْيَسِّرُهُ مِنْ قَبْلِ الْيُسْرَى وَأَمَّا مَنْ بَخِلَ وَاسْتَغْنَى فَكَذَّبَ بِالْحُسْنَى فَسَنْيَسِّرُهُ مِنْ أُسْرَى Surah Al-Layl, the 92nd Surah, ayahs 4 to 10, with the explanation that your deeds are diverse, deeds are different, diverse. So as for the one who gives in charity and is dutiful to Allah and believes in Allah's reward then we will make easy for him acts which are pleasing to Allah and as for the one who is miserly and thinks himself to be self-sufficient and denies Allah's reward then we will make easy for him actions which Allah hates in the footnote they mention this hadith with the question of the companions and the reply of the Prophet ﷺ, and the re- he recited the ayahs. The hadith be reported by Al-Bukhari in his Sahih. as hadith 6000, the correct reference should be hadith 6605. And Muslim as hadith 2647 from hadith of Ali. Then Shaykh Razan said, So you should carry out the means things have been pre-decreed but what's upon you is to carry out the means that's not your concern what's been pre-decreed is not, not your concern what's upon you is to carry out the sabbath the means either for the salvation of your own soul or for its destruction by your actions which you perform by your own choice and your own will he said he sallallahu alayhi wa said kullum nas yagdu the Prophet said all of the people go out in the morning and the person then either sets himself free or destroys it he either sets his soul free or he destroys it of the two categories of people one or the other in a footnote they mention a hadith being reported by Muslim in his Sahih as hadith 223 from a hadith of Abu Malik al-Ash'ari Then Shaykh Razan said his saying وَنَهَا الرَّبُّ جَلَّ تَعَالَى الْأَنْبِيَاءَ عَنِ الْكَلَامِ فِي الْقَدْرِ And the Lord, the Majestic, the Most High forbade the Prophets from speech with regard to pre-decree He said Allah forbade the creation the Prophets and other than them from speaking about pre-decree and it is not mentioned from the Prophets that they ever raised any objection to pre-decree because they knew the tremendousness of Allah the Majestic and Most High and His wisdom and they submitted and they adopted correct manners with respect to Allah the Majestic and Most High <coughs> and they had not used to ask about anything which was not, or which did not contain a point of welfare for them or a benefit so the, then the prophets would not ask about it likewise the followers of the prophets would never ask about it 
He said, rather the prophets and their followers used to turn themselves towards action and give attention to it. They have not used to ask about pre-decree and pre-ordainment except from the aspect of belief and having Iman in it. And having Iman in pre-decree and pre-ordainment if you have Iman in it it renders you at peace from doubts and from false ideas and from grief. He, sallallahu alayhi wa said اعلم أن ما أصابك لم يكن ليخطئك وما أخطأك لم يكن ليصيبك The Prophet said you should know that whatever befalls you was never going to miss you and whatever misses you was never going to befall you in a footnote they mention the, this hadith is preceded on page, it says page 292 here, but it should be actually page 319 from a hadith of Qubada and preceded on page, it says 320, which should say 322 from a hadith of Ibn Abbas and we had the hadith before, that it was a hadith of Qubada bin Al-Samit reported by Imam Ahmad and Abu Dawood and Ibn Majah and declared Sahih by Shaykh al-Rani authentic Sahih by Shaykh al-Rani Shaykh al-Fazam said so do not say if only I had done such and such then such and such would have been the case but rather you should say Qadarullah wa ma sha'afa'a it was the decree of Allah and whatever he wishes he does if something's happened don't look back and say if only I'd done such and such thing that wouldn't have happened this would have happened don't say that rather instead you say it was the decree of Allah whatever he wishes he does and again this is taken directly from a hadith which I mentioned in the footnote from Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu Allah's messenger sallallahu alayhi wa said the strong believer is better and more beloved to Allah than the weak believer and there is good in all of them be eager upon that which can benefit you and seek the aid of Allah and don't be useless <coughs> don't be incapable and if something befalls you then do not say if only I, I had done such and such then such and such would have happened <coughs> but rather you should say Allah, it was the decree of Allah and whatever he wishes he does because saying if, if only this opens up the door to the action of Satan reported by Muslim in his Sahih as Hadith 2664 then Shaykh Razan said he's saying وَنَهَا النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمُ وَنَهَا النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمُ عن الخصومة في القدر وكرهه أصحاب رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ورضي الله عنهم وكرهه التابعون وكرهه العلماء وأهل الورع He said and the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم forbade disputing about pre-decree and the companions of Allah's messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم ورضي الله عنهم they hated it, they detested it and the Tabi'een, they detested it. And the scholars and the people of piety detested it. Arguing about pre-decree. Sheikh Bazan said, 
when the Qadariyya, as people denied the decree, so when the Qadariyya appeared at the end of the time of the companions, the companions strongly rebuked and refuted them and warned against them and made it clear that a servant, what is upon him, is to have Iman, to truly believe that whatever befalls him was not going to miss him and whatever misses him was never going to come to him and that whoever does not believe this then Allah will burn him in the fire in a footnote here which we mentioned inshallah even though it's quite long but there's a it's the wording of a hadith which we mentioned from Abdullah ibn Fayruz al-Daylami who said something occurred in myself regarding this matter of pre-decree and I feared that it would corrupt, corrupt for me my religion and my affair so therefore I went to Ubay ibn Ka'ab and I said oh, 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 Abu Mundir I said Abu Mundir something has occurred in myself with regard to this pre-decree matter of pre-decree so I feared for my religion and my affair so tell me something about that so that hopefully Allah will benefit me through it so he said if Allah were to punish all the inhabitants of the heavens and the people of his earth then he would be punishing them and he would not be being unjust to them and if he were to be merciful to them then his mercy would be better for them than their deeds and if you had the like of the mountain of Uhud in gold or like the mountain of gold which is, and you spent it in Allah's cause it would not be accepted from you unless and until you believed in pre-decree so that you know that whatever befalls you whatever happens to you was not going to miss you and whatever missed you was, never, was not going to come to you and that if you, if you were to die upon other than this you will enter the fire he said, and there will be nothing wrong for you to go to my brother, Abdullah bin Mas'ud, and his brother, the companion, Abdullah bin Mas'ud, there was nothing wrong if you go to him and ask him, ask him. He said, so I went to Abdullah and I asked him. So he mentioned the same, and he mentioned the like of what was mentioned by Ubay. And he said to me, there'll be no harm if you go and, if you go to Hudayfa. So I went to Hudayfa and I asked him. So he said the same as the two of them had said. And he said, go to Zayd ibn Thabit and ask him. <coughs> so I went to Zayd ibn Thabit and I asked him. So he said, I heard Allah's Messenger sallallahu say, if Allah were to punish the inhabitants of his heavens and the inhabitants of his earth, then he would punish them and he would, he would not be wronging them. And if he were to have mercy upon them, then his mercy would be better for them than their deeds better for them than their deeds deserve and if there were if, if, if you had the like of Uhud in gold or the like of the mount of Uhud in gold and you spent it in Allah's cause Allah would not accept it from you until you believed in pre-decree all of it so that you know that whatever befalls you was not going to miss you and whatever misses you was not going to befall you and that if you died, if you were to die upon other than this, you will enter the fire. 
the hadith. I mentioned the Sultan Imam Ahmad and Abu Dawood and Ibn Majah and the wording is his. And declared authentic by Ibn Hibban and by Shaykh al-Islam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab in Kitab al-Tawheed. And likewise declared Sahih by Shaykh al-Rubani as well. Then Shaykh al-Bazan said, moving on, <coughs> he's saying, or rather he said, continuing, so upon this their sayings were united. When the sect of the Qadariyya appeared in their time, is saying So upon you is to submit and to affirm and to have Iman. He said, Shaykh Razan said, this is what is obligatory upon you with regard to pre-decree and pre-ordainment. Submission to the pre-ordainment of Allah and His pre-decree. And not to raise objections to it. And that you believe, you have as your aqidah, your creed and belief, that Allah does not do anything except for a wise purpose and that he does not punish anyone except on account of his deeds so any deficiencies are with you they're from any deficiencies are from you so instead of blaming pre-decree you should blame yourself and you should repent to Allah so no one can prevent repentance tawbah and Allah accepts repentance from those who repent. So why do you then occupy yourself with something which will have no benefit for you? So upon you is to submit and to yield and comply and not to enter into that which is not your concern. And there occurs in the hadith of Abu Hurairah that he وسلم, said من حسن إسلام المرء تركه ما لا يعنيه. From the excellence of a person's Islam is that he leaves off that which is not his concern. In a footnote, they mentioned reported by Tirmidhi, and he said it's a غريب, and by Ibn Majah, and Al Bayhaqi in Shu'ub al Iman, and Ibn Hibban, and others from a hadith of Abu Hurairah رضي الله عنه. As a side point, there's some speech with regard to the uh, scholars about the authenticity of this hadith and some of them don't accept the hadith being authentic from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa and as for Shaykh al-Albani <coughs> then he declared the hadith sahih and he's checking about Tirmidhi the hadith, hadith being sahih from Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wallahu alam then Shaykh Razan continued his saying وَاَتِقَالِ مَا قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ sallallahu alayhi wa sallam فِي جُمْلَةِ الْأَشْيَاءِ وَاسْكُتْ عَمَّا سِوَى ذَلِكَ and believing whatever Allah's Messenger وسلم, said about all matters and be silent about whatever is besides that Shaykh Razan said meaning believe whatever the Messenger وسلم, said the one, who does not, who, the one who does not speak from his own desires and do not make accusations against the Ahadith or raise doubts about them as long as they are established from the Messenger then they are not an arena for hesitation. Then he quotes the ayah, Surah Al-Nisa, the fourth surah, ayah 65, with the explanation, so know by your Lord, they will not believe. They will not be believers until they make you 
from Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa judge in whatever disputes occur between them. Then they do not find any difficulty in themselves from that which you have decreed, from that which you have, the judgment you have passed. But they accept, rather they accept with full submission. Because the further ayah, وَمَا كَانَ لِمُؤْمِنٍ وَلَا مُؤْمِنَةٍ إِذَا قَضَى اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ أَمْرًا أَنْ يَكُونَ لَهُمُ الْخِيَرَةُ مِنْ أَمْرِهِمْ وَمَنْ يَأْسِرِ اللَّهُ وَرَسُولَهُ لَقَدْ ضَلَّ ضَلَالًا مُبِينًا Surah Al-Ahzab, the 33rd Surah, Ayah 36 with the explanation and it is not right for any believing man or believing woman that when Allah and His Messenger have decreed a matter that they have any choice, any other choice in their affair and whoever disobeys Allah and His Messenger then he has strayed far away Shaykh Razan said and the like of these ayahs so what is obligatory upon you is to follow and to submit and to yield and comply. He said, "Fi al ashya in regard to matters, said meaning in all matters. The Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam conveyed from Allah everything which the people need on the matters of their religion, and he made it clear. And Allah completed the religion through him." And there is no good except that he guided his nation to it. And there is no evil except that he warned them from it. And he, he left them upon the clear white path. Its night is just the same as its day. No one strays away from it except one who is destroyed. And he mentions the final paragraph, Waskut amma siwa dhalik And stay silent about whatever is other than that. So silent about whatever is beyond that, whatever is other than that, he said, This is just as occurs in the hadith In Allah Farada, Faraid, Falachubayuha, Wahara Mashiah, Falatan Takihu, Falatan Tahikuha, Wasakata and Ashiah, Rahmatan Bikum, Rairan Sian, Falatas Al Anah. The hadith Allah has made certain duties obligatory upon you, so do not neglect them. And he has made certain things forbidden for you, so do not commit them. And he has remained silent about some things as a mercy upon you. Not forgetting, so do not ask about them. In a footnote they mention, this hadith is reported by Tabarani in Al-Mu'jim Al-Kabir, Adara Qutni in his Sunan, Al-Hakim, Al-Bayhaqi, and others besides from a hadith of Abu Fa'laba Al-Khushani. And the text of the hadith, the wording, the text of it was declared authentic by Ibn Kathir in his tafsir. And just as a side point here, then Shaykh al-Albani declared this uh, hadith, or the hadith occurs as number 30 in Imam Nawawi's 40 hadith. Shaykh al-Albani declares this hadith to be da'if, weak, in his checking, in his book, Ghayat uh, al-Maram, hadith number 4. Because he mentioned that the Tabi'i, it's not established, the Tabi'i makhul heard from the companion Abu Fa'laba. However, Shaykh al-Albani, just before that in the book, two hadith before that, Shaykh al-Bani declared Hassan good and relation with the wording from a hadith of Abu Darda radiallahu anhu that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said that which Allah has declared lawful in his book then it is lawful and whatever he forbade then it is what is forbidden and whatever he <coughs> remains silent about then it is pardoned, it is that which he has pardoned so accept from Allah that which he has pardoned. For Allah does not forget anything. Then he, quote, he recited the ayah, وَمَا كَانَ رَبُّكَ نَسِيًّا Surah Maryam, the 19th Surah, Ayah 64. 
the explanation and your Lord never forgets the hadith has been reported by Al-Hakim as, as we said Shaykh Abayn said it has and to finish off back to what Shaykh Abayn said he said you should not ask about anything except something which you need in your religion or your worldly life and من حسن إسلام المرئي تركهما لا يعني from the excellence of a person's Islam is his leaving of that which is not which is not his concern he said as for that which you do not need you do not have need of then asking about it is from the superfluous matters extra unnecessary matters <coughs> asking about things you don't have need of and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam forbade قيل وقال forbade Loose, it, it was said, he said, loose conveying of, of, of useless speech, and asking too many questions, asking too much, and wasting wealth. I mentioned in a footnote the hadith, this hadith is reported, it was said, conveying unverified reports, forbade that. And asking too much and wasting wealth. They say the hadith reported by Al Bukhari, and the reference for Al Bukhari should be hadith 2408, and reported by Muslim as hadith 593 from hadith of Al Mughira ibn Shu'bah. Shaykh finished by saying, So your questions should be in accordance with the level of your need, and do not ask about, what, about that which you do not have a need of. <coughs>